Hello, and welcome to another episode of Just Talk with Joe Meyer. I'm your host, Joe Meyer. As we get into another episode and, you know, really get into, you know, our last few weeks, um, when was the last time I met with you guys? I think it was July 4th, if I'm not mistaken, um, or the 4th of July weekend, right? So it's been a few weeks now, and hopefully everyone's doing well. Um, I really actually wanted to have a discussion last week, but um, I'll be honest. My my daughter, um, she got me binge-watching Stranger Things, which, in all honesty, I had never seen before. <laughs> uh, maybe I saw part of the first episode in the very beginning, and, you know, it didn't really interest me too much. It was kind of like, ah, uh, you know... Uh, I didn't know all what the the hubbub was about, you know, when it came to that show. But I finally got a chance to watch every episode in up into the fourth, you know, the fourth season, the latest episode. So, um, so hopefully, you know, we're, we'll talk a little bit about that today, and uh, kind of where where things are at, and you know, what really, you know, triggers those things, you know, as far as when I watch those shows, right? Um, so let me let me start off with our traditional song. And this was actually in Stranger Things, season four. Now, I'm not going to spoil anything for you for those who don't watch. But, you know, in all honesty, who listens to me? So, so but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try to keep it as plain and as generalized as possible in case anybody out there was watching and they don't want me to ruin anything for them, all right? So let me, this one's going to be a little bit out there where you, many of you are probably like, whoa, I didn't expect him to play any of this. Um, but this group is actually a group that I, I have liked for many years. Um, I would say since 98. And I'll tell you what, who really introduced me to it. Um, when I was out of high school and I was in college, um, my roommate actually loved this band, and who it is? It's Metallica, right? And um, I forget what CD he had or which one, but he played it. I didn't. I don't know. Did we have CDs back then, <laughs> or did we have a cassette? I, I forget. You know, it wasn't that long ago. But but um, but certainly he got me kind of hooked into this music a little bit, and his name was Scott Pistoresi. And I know that's a kind of a unique last name. That's why I remember it. <laughs> um, but certainly going to start off today. And let me just start it off. Okay. Now, I don't know if I'll play the whole thing because it's quite a long, but.
That's called Master of Puppets, right? So, I'll stop right there. I, I you know, I, I love heavy metal, actually. Um, I've listened to it for years. Um, now, it's not every band that I listen to heavy metal. Um, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. Um, obviously, as a child, I wasn't introduced to heavy metal until... You know, like I told you guys, I was probably like 18 or 19 when I first really was introduced to it. And um, I loved it, you know. And then throughout the the, the 2000s, um, I had my favorites. And um, I guess one of my other favorites that I enjoy, which they're still around, which was Godsmack. And maybe in the future I'll play some of them. Um, I, I really like their songs as well, but, um, it's hard because it goes against my belief system and faith at times because a lot of that music, it has a lot of profanity, things of that nature. Um, and I kind of have to be careful because, you know, I, I, the listening to that music, was a time in my life when I was trying to discover myself, trying to figure out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be in life. And it was also going through some growing pains in the sense of um, trying to determine what kind of man I wanted to become, right? Um, and I remember, particularly, I don't know why I think of this, but I remember during the 2000s, I had a had a 2005 Ford Mustang. It was burgundy. It was just a V6, and I don't want to say just, but um, it had good power. And it was leather seats. It was, oh, loved that car. Loved it. We'd go speeding down the highway, you know. It was a lot of fun. And um, when I got married and had my daughter, um, I had to give it up. But that was in 2013. So I had that car for many years, right? Almost 10 years, right? And um, I drove the hell out of it. I mean, 
And it, it, again, I'll, I'll always, one day, hopefully I'll get to, to have another car like that again. You know, right now I have the, the SUV type, you know, um, but we'll see, you know, maybe when my daughter has no need for a, a, a SUV anymore, I don't mind it. You know, it doesn't bother me. Um, but, um, I often think about that car. Had a lot of memories in that car, especially, you know, me and Delia would drive around and go travel different places. And, and it was, uh, um, it was great, right? Um, so other than that, uh, I think about heavy metal, you know, I think about the show, um, Stranger Things, which uh, I heard an inkling that they would be in there, but you, you really don't know where they're going to be in there in the series. They're they're in the end. They're they're like a music piece. And having watched Stranger Things from start to finish, and I know they still have a season five that will eventually come out. Um, in all honesty, I, I I thought it was good, but I thought it was also a big ripoff to other movies genres things that existed and and you know it's okay i mean i'm 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 not trying to be put down the the show the writers or creators the duffer brothers i think that's what they're called um they they're my generation you know um they created a successful show i give them props for that you know hey i don't want to take away what they've attempted to do or do you know um, because would I want that? Would I want somebody doing that to me? Right? I don't think so. I don't think so. There may be a point where um, I may create something, and maybe it gets some publicity or or something of that nature, and um, people knock it. I'm sure people will criticize it. You know. Um, I think about my book that I wrote, and um, although it's not published or anything, I am querying, which for many of you who are not in the publishing world, basically what that means is you send out letters to agents and try to get interest in your book to get it published. So let's say I'll send out like an, uh, uh, an email. Usually it's a lot of emails, and um, or they have systems where you can submit your your information about your book and then you either get declined or maybe you get interest. I just started. So I've sent so far about eight queries to eight different, you know, agents. One of them, they said they're reviewing it. That's about it, but nothing else. Others, I got some rejections and sometimes others you don't really hear. You don't really hear anything, you know? Um, so it is, a tedious process where, you know, you may not ever hear anything from a query agent or you may not get an agent and I'll have to decide from that point when I'm going to self-publish, if I'm going to self-publish. Um, typically, they say that you should query at least 100 agents before you consider self-publishing. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll take that rule of thumb and go from there, right, uh, and see what happens. 
right? See what happens. This is my first real attempt to write a book. And it took me, I wrote it in 2018. And just this last year, I wrote, finished the final edits. And in my opinion, a book is never really finished, is it? You, I can always go back and add things or take things away or adjust verbiage. And, and because you're, the way you see things changes. And I know each and every single time that I edited that book, I saw things that I wanted to change, adjust, get rid of, keep, you know. And I'm sure if I was to go back now, and it's only been two months, I think. Hasn't really been that long um, since I finished that book. Um, you know, I could probably find things in there, but I'm really going to try just right now to see if I can get an agent, right? I've already actually even started writing a new book already. So I'm currently focusing on that right now, right? Um, and that's really where I'm at right now, um, my new book. And I really would like to get that done. Um, that book, the new book, is actually about, it's about the circus, you know? It's about the circus. And, you know, there's been some authors that have really influenced me who've created books about the circus like Water for Elephants. And I'm actually reading that as we speak. Not as we speak, but right now. And it's a good book. Um, I like both the movie and the book. Um, but really what triggered me to write a book about the circus in the first place was the fact that I did, uh, when I was blogging, and I still blog today, of course, I, I did a whole series on the circus um, from past to present, right? And I know the circus is not as prominent as it once was years ago, um, especially since it's been around since what, at least the 1800s or maybe even before that. Um, and really what my, my blogging was focused on is was also the performers like the freaks, um, in the book, excuse me, in history, and I did like profiles of each of them, and there was many. I, I there's so many out there, but I tried to get as the main ones, and I think I I created about twenty blogs, and three of those were devoted to the Elephant Man, right? Uh, the Elephant Man, who was obviously a real human being. And I even seen the film with Anthony Hopkins. Um, always intrigued me, you know. You see this poor soul of a man, and I think his name was Joseph Merrick. People used to call him John Merrick, but is actually, I believe his real name was Joseph Merrick. And um, I forget what, illness he had but basically what he the reason they call him the elephant man obviously is because he his his skin his body's deformed facially um his whole body his arms his legs i i believe the real elephant man he did have one good arm the other arm was severely deformed um his legs were deformed his chest his back his head uh, were oversized 
Um, and basically what they are is these, these very large, almost like tumors that are growing out of your body. Um, apparently, I, I don't know why this is, I found this interesting, but apparently when they did an examination, um, his genitals were perfectly normal. <laughs> you know, I, I don't understand either, but uh, why that was such an important part. But yeah, his, his genitals were important, were were okay you know but everything else wasn't um he basically died in his sleep and he had to sleep in a certain way so he wouldn't die it's suspected that um that he killed himself you know and basically that would be very easy right for him basically what would happen is that um if he's laid on his back like the rest of us, he his neck could easily break because his head is so big. Um, so he had to, um, he actually had to sleep sitting up, right? Um, and that's you know basically that's how he he lived, right? Once he was discovered, right? Um, and I forget the doctor's name. Now I'm drawing a blank. Um, people got to really know him. He would have visitors. He would have... Um, even I think the queen would come see him. Or the queen of England. You know, so... And... People like... People from the opera and celebrities at those times would come see him. Um, I think his bones were donated to science. So, but other than that, um, it's just incredible life. <laughs> you know, interesting, right? Not many people, as far as I know, suffer from what the elephant man suffered from. Um, but although there are people who do, it's probably not as extreme as he experienced, right? So... Thank goodness for that, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just to not get off topic, that's what really introduced me to wanting to write about the circus as a novel. And I, I do have characters in the book, and there's a theme. Um, I think I'm going to write it as more of a murder mystery type. Um, it's not just going to be about the characters. Because, excuse me, it's not a biography. It's a fictional book based on real characters, real people. Now, I'm not using real names of people that were that I discovered in my research. Um, I could, you know. And maybe that might be interesting, you know, to use those real names to give honor to those people, right? Um, but I'll have to go back. I'm barely starting it. I just started like a few weeks ago. Um, and I've written a few chapters already. I think for this book, it's going to be, um, it's actually going to be shorter chapters, right? And the, the working title right now, the book is The Menagerie, um, which is basically, it's the, a zoo, you know, that's really what it is, you know, um. 
but I, I will see what happens, right? We'll see what happens so far. Um, but like I said, Water for Elephants, as I'm still reading, I'm towards the end, was a book that I, I really identified with in this, in my writing here is because the characters that she created and the story, um, it was interesting, right? So um, we'll see what happens. We'll obviously see what happens, right? Um, so that's what I'm writing about, querying. Um, what else? Oh, where I was going before. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Talking about Stranger Things, right? So Stranger Things, you know, the authors, um, were the Duffer Brothers, or the creators, you should say, you could say, right? And they are actually from, I would say they're, they're from North Carolina, as far as I remember, right? Um, and one of the interesting things I, I would see about them, or read about them, um, is that, you know, they, at nine year old, nine year old brothers, I think they're twin brothers, right? Um, their parents bought them, uh, I think, an, a, a camera, right? And uh, they practiced at that young age, right, to make movies. Right? Um, when they got older, I think they went to Chapman University in Orange County, California, which is my neck of the woods, right? Um, and... The rest is history. They made, um, I guess they made shows and other things, right? Um, and then eventually, you know, got Stranger Things made in 2016 or started it, right? Um, and, you know, the, who knows what's going to happen after that, right? Um, they actually made a great deal of the characters just world famous right and the characters in the show many of them have gone on to already make movies right um and be like in ghostbusters and it and um and and, and you know they seem like they're um they, they seem like they're they're on their way and they're successful right I'm just checking um, some of these where I look at query. It's called Query Manager, right? And basically what it is is um, you can actually go to what's called the Query Tracker and look up different, um, you know, different agents and reply to them and and there's tons of them, right? 
It says here, ready to find an agent? Query Tracker has helped 3,979 authors find agents for their books, and it's free. Um, join now to begin your search, right? So that's what I've been doing, right? That's what I've been doing. So we'll see what happens, right? I should create an account here, but, you know, who knows? But anyways, um, back to the story of Stranger Things. I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched it, but it takes a lot of references from 80s movies, 90s movies, um, but it, it is an 80s-themed program, right? So there, it takes place in the 80s. I'm, I'm, I like that, actually. Um, the Duffer Brothers, I think they're like 38 years old, and they're about, I'm 42, so they're uh, approximately my still my generation, I guess you could say. Um, and a lot of what they created, you know, involves around mysticism, creatures, um, you know, things of that nature, things that I've seen growing up, things that they've probably seen, um, things like Freddy Krueger, things like Michael Myers, and he, there's even references to those movies and Back to the Future and, you know, all those 80s movies that we all love and still love today. Um, there's references to them. Um, the main character is Eleven. She is a young girl and um, who has special powers, basically, right? And she is going to save the world. So, um, you know, and, and she goes back and forth and they're growing up, um, fourth season, they're quite grown already. I think even they're 19 or 20 years old. Many of the characters are actually adults, you know, they're like late twenties, you know, acting as kids and, and they, they look young enough. I mean, you wouldn't know the difference in a way unless, you know, I'm, you know, But, you know, it's great. You know, I, I liked it. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. Um, I, I don't want to just, I don't want to just say, um, you know, they're a ripoff. Because, you know, everyone, they, they got their chance. And I, you know what's so frustrating is I think about the Duffer Brothers, and obviously I don't know them. I don't know their life story. I'm sure they. I'm sure they live a very nice life now with Stranger Things and how successful it's been. And I'm sure they made a ton of money off marketing and and uh, making all their products and everything like that that has gone along with it. And I wish I could have that kind of success, right? And and you know I'm not going to say it's too late, um, because I'm still young. Anything can happen. Right, the Duffer Brothers made this when um, I mean there were what thirty eight, and this was maybe what is it? Let's say two thousand sixteen, seventeen. So they were thirty three, right? I would have loved, loved 
to have had something like that in that age or even younger if possible, right? Um, but that's what's so frustrating. I look at my own failures at times, things that I could have done, especially um, maybe in, in media because I actually loved media. I actually grew up watching those films and I actually loved things like animation, like the arts, like writing. Um, but in deep down, it wasn't something that was really much encouraged in me, right? It wasn't a field that my parents or anybody w was ever a part of. And it's hard because I, I, I probably could have done some great things, you know, back then. And even in the beginning, if I'd gone to a different school, um, Maybe I could have been in the movies by now, right? Who knows, right? It's disappointing. I'm disappointed in myself at times, right? And although I try not to beat myself up, I am trying to do good things with my life now, you know? Um, but again, we'll see. We'll see. Hmm. Other than that, you know what? Let's kick off our next song, shall we? And I think you'll enjoy this one too. Um, I don't know why I like this song, but it is a song from, I think they're called Filter. And let me see, Filter, hey man, nice shot. It's called Hey Man, Nice Shot, right? And I'll give you a little background in a moment, but let's play this first, see if you guys... It starts off a little quiet, but then it picks up.
don't know why, but you know, you know, what's always I try to find interesting is what was the meaning behind that song, you know? And it was interesting. I was just doing a little look up here, and let's see. The song was released on July eighteenth, nineteen ninety five, right? Um. The song was written about the public suicide of a Pennsylvania state treasurer, R. Bud Dwyer, on January 22, 1987, in um, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Dwyer had been convicted of bribery charges in December of 1986 and was expected to receive a long sentence from the U.S. District Judge Malcolm Muir, professing his innocence and decrying the legal system. Dwyer, Dwyer shot and killed himself with a three fifty seven Magnum, Revolver during a press conference without injuring anyone, right? Um, so interesting, right? And uh, let's see if we could see Dwyer, right? Yeah, I imagine that. It just... It almost seems like um, bribery is uh, acceptable behavior even today, right? Although it's never be acceptable, in my opinion. So these are things that, you know, interesting where these songs are, how they resonate, how they're created. Um, you know, what's also interesting is that although, and I'm reading this off of Wikipedia, although singer and songwriter Richard Patrick frequently clarified this in interviews, as well as the fact that he had written the song in 1991 before the band even had a record deal, the song's popularity was augmented by widespread perception as about the 1994 suicide of Kurt Cobain, Right. And I'm thinking here, uh, you know, a lot of these artists, they're in their 50s, you know. You know, you, you look at um, artists like Metallica, who I think they're like in their late 50s. You, you kind of just think about, you know... You know, I'm in my early 40s where I will be in my late 50s. And a lot of these people have mega stardom, mega success, and are still going strong. And I hope that's me one day. I'm not in the media, but I wish I probably could have been a little bit more. And in a way, podcasting and vlogging and my blogs and different things of that nature were things that I... um work towards to get my voice out there, you know, but I don't know if anybody's listening. I don't know if anybody cares, but this is, this is my legacy right here. This is why I'm here to talk about these things, to see what's on my mind. Um, because music and movies have always been a, a very influential part of who I am. Um, although I don't act on what I see in movies, you know, I, I certainly, you know, especially with all the killings and murders that go on in, in films, it's not like that's what I want to go do. I don't, obviously. Um, 
but I resonate with a lot of the characters at times because they're probably a lot of those people who write for films, write books. You know, they use their, their own history within there. They put their own, not literal, but their own blood into it. And that's what I do in my storytelling, right? Um, at least I try to do, right? So these are things that I, you know, listen to, I, I think about, right? Um, anyways. <laughs> um, what's happening in my life now, right? Well, work, teaching. Daughter's going to be starting the fourth grade in a couple weeks. What is it, the third? When is that? When is that? Hard to believe, right? That school's almost here. Oh, man, scary. Very scary, in a way. Seriously. Uh, where does time go, right? And, like, next week will already be the 30th. Probably the next time I have a podcast will probably be in August, Right? And August, September, October, November, December, and then the year's almost gone, right? Amazing. Amazing. But anyways, hopefully everyone out there is doing great. You know, I'm trying to shorten up my pods a little bit. I know sometimes it's hard to get through an hour of me jabbering on. But as of right now, I can honestly say that it's okay. There are, there are bouts when I do have depression, things that I go through financially too. But right now I think things are okay. Well, that's a good thing, right? That is a good thing. So I'm glad to be here with all of you, you know, glad to be a part of your lives and letting me into your lives if you let me. Thank you for letting me be here. So this is what I'll do. We'll, we'll cut our conversation a little short and then hopefully next week or the week after I'll, I'll catch up with you guys oh one other thing let's see I, I haven't been doing this my devotional here let's see here what is it what's today July 23rd right wow See what today's devotional is. It's called Obstacles. Wow, that's a good one. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord will bring you today. Exodus 14, 13. To attract younger viewers, the International Olympic Committee is considering adding sports like skateboarding and breakdancing to future games. Next to come, obstacle course racing may show up in show up in the 2028 Los Angeles Summer Olympics. OCR, as it's called, is a race in which competitors try to overcome physical challenges in the form of obstacles. They must scale walls, crawl through mud, squirm under barbed wire, jump through fire, and endure all kinds of hardships and hurdles. Perhaps OCR is so popular because it's indicative of life. All the biblical heroes faced roadblocks. Joseph was enslaved. Job was afflicted. 
Paul was arrested, Elijah was ridiculed, John was exiled, and how about the Israelites at the Red Sea? Talk about an obstacle course. They were trapped with the entire sea blocking them, but the Lord had a message for them, and it's for us too. Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. There are no obstacles in our Lord's path. There is no hindering of his path. Don't be afraid. Stand firm and watch to see what he will do. Right? Amen to that, right? So these are things that, you know, we have to always think about, you know, to not be afraid, you know. Don't let people, events, adver adversaries, things that are going to, you feel that normally would affect us, we can, we can look past it. We can get, we can push forward. We really can. And these are things I tell my wife every day. And these are things I'll tell my daughter because life is not easy folks, as you know, right? We don't all have the, the pleasure of living a life with lots of money. I mean, I'm okay, but you know, again, there's people out there who, who don't have a lot of money. There's people that who are homeless right now, who are on the verge of losing their job, their livelihood, and who have families, right? Who are about to lose hope. So if that's you, don't. Don't lose hope, folks. Don't lose hope. It will get better. But in all honesty, this economy, this world, this country even, it's all going to shit. It really is. And it doesn't matter what we do, what our president does or future presidents or the government or whoever. This is the way it's meant to be. And God says so. And many of you out there may not believe in God. I do. I believe he's in control. I believe he knows what's going to happen. So I trust him. And all I can do is live my life, be here for my family, support them, love them, and always remember what's important. Family. Companies. Although I appreciate the job I have, I like my job, I'm appreciative of the t job to teach. But deep down, it's my family who's going to be there till my last breath, right? They're, my company's not going to be there. They, In all honesty, they could care less if I die tomorrow. They'll just go out and replace me, right? In all honesty. Family can't replace me. Although we like to think they can, that we can get replaced. But in reality, family doesn't want to replace us. We are part of it. So start making the effort to remember how important you are to your family. And some of you may feel like you're not important, but you are. You're, you just need to be told that sometimes. And sometimes people are not good at telling others how important you are to the family. And that's a tough thing. That's really tough, right? So everyone out there, enjoy this weekend. And I just say rock on, man. Rock on. And I know some of you are probably like, he's too old to be saying that. But I say that because I think of the character... Um, Oh, what's his name? Now I'm drawing a blank. 
uh, Eddie Munson in Stranger Things and just kind of amount of courage and bravery he had to go through in the, you know, in the short time he was in this show. So <laughs> I'll just say that, right? So thank you everyone for being with me on another talk with Just Talk with Joe Meyer and just have a great weekend. God bless.